0: Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on JRoot Radio. You are listening to JRootRadio dot com. We are broadcasting live today. Chav Zain, Tebet, a few days away from Shabbat Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh January twenty fifth. Lefi Minyanam. Okay, so let's give you the numbers to the station. We'll only give you the text number because that's the way you can reach us, three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. If you would call, we'd love to take your phone call, but we can't do it in the middle of the show for a number of reasons, mainly is because there's a lot to speak about and I really want to cover it. But as I said, if we have more time, we could give it, we'll give out the number at the end. But as always, you can always call us at the end of the show and off the air, we'll answer any questions and halakha that you have, especially on the subject that we're speaking about. Also, our email at halachaour. Uh, no, no, sorry again. Halakha hour at gmail.com. That's our email for any questions in Halacha or um sp- you know the subject that we're speaking about or anything else, comments. I appreciate by the way. Comments, whether you like me or don't like me, it's fine. I you know I will uh if there's something to correct, I would love to correct it. Halacha hour at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Okay, let's move on now. To the subject. Last week we started a new parasha in the Benish High. The parasha is Parashad Vayahi in the second year. And as our class on the Benish High, we usually discuss <clears> Hilchot Shabbat from the Benish High. We work off the Benish High and you know, we, we work from there to talk about all the background of the Halakha, the practical application of the Halakha. So we're in the subject of libbun. Libun. Libun is a melacha midde oraita. It is the 13th melacha. This is what the Benishai High talks about in Parashat Vayahi. And we're beginning with the tolada of libun. And that is the tolada of libun is what we call in English, laundry. We started a little bit last week. I'm going to go over a few things that we said last week. I apologize for those who are, you know, they're, they're holding already and they say, oh, again, but I don't like to cut something in the middle. Not for you guys, it's for me really. I don't understand if I have to go start in the middle. So just for myself, please allow me to go and review what we spoke about from last week and to get into the new stuff for this week. I don't think we're going to do much from the Bainage High today. Most of the stuff is going to be outside, but hopefully we'll discuss a lot of things that are practical and hopefully with a thorough explanation so we should have the knowledge of what we're talking about. Let's begin. Laundry. What we know as laundry, which means basically cleaning any garment is a sur oraita? It's a for, it's forbidden from the Torah. That means in the times when we had a beta HaMikdash, if we would if we were to do laundry, as we're going to explain what laundry is, Torah, then if we were warned, the hasp shalom, then it will be subject to the punishment of sekilah. It's a very, very stringent, you know, everybody knows you can't put on fire. All these men that we're discussing, narabotai, when we say mid oraita. It means it says equals a person lighting and making a bonfire on Shabbat. Okay? So laundry is forbidden Urayta. We spoke, we mentioned that there are three forms or the three ways basically how one could launder his garments. Three different ways. You could do all of them, you could do some of them. But just because you don't do all of them, doesn't mean Nahayabun the Isur of of laundry of doing kibbus. Each one of them, there's a way of how to do it. Number one is soaking by taking a garment, putting it into water. That includes even wetting a garment. Number two is sahita, squeezing. You could also squeeze out the water. That's one of the steps, as the Rambam brings. That's one of the steps of doing laundry. That's assumed the that also. And finally, the third way of how a person can do laundry is by scrubbing. In what's known in halakha as shif shoof like the famous Gemara, that person should be who see a person who sees yisurin, search, you know, and the way you search, you ever get searched, you know, by the airport when they pat you down. So that's Shif Shuf. It's, you know, much more than the way they pat you by the airport. They don't want to get sued over there. So they got to be careful how they touch you. But Shif Shuf is really scrubbing together two garments. I mean, two parts of a garment. We're going to talk about scrubbing as Hashem later on today. We're focusing right now on the first way of how a person could launder his garments, and that is sharia, soaking. Listen to the Gemara in Masechet Zebahim. The Gemara says, I'm not going to go through a whole Gemara, one one liner. Amarava, Rava says, Zarak sudar lamaim hayab. If a a person takes a cloth, any sort of cloth, sudar means could be even a scarf, anything. If a person takes a cloth and he throws it into the water, that's all he did. He was by a lake, he was by water, he's in his backyard with his little kiddie pool in the summer and he took a garment and he threw it into the water. He is hayab. Hayab means it is isumid da'oraita that is subject to the consequences of a person's mahale shabat min hatorah which means if it's on purpose it's hayab sekila. Says the gemara what's the reason? Why is it he didn't do it? What did he do? He just put it into the water. That's all he did. He threw it into the water. What's the problem? Says the you know why? Because beged zehu kibuso. When it comes to a garment, sheriato Sharia, which means soaking. Just soaking it is considered kibus. Kibus means laundry. You don't have to actually put it into the washing mean washing machine to be having laundry. You don't have to. Even scrub it. When it comes to a garment, merely putting it into the water, that is considered kibbus. This rule, Rabbi Otay, I want you to remember these words in the Gemara because the Halakha uses this terminology over and over and over again. And I don't like to, like, to keep on repeating it, so we're going to repeat it just enough that we should remember it. When it comes to Begadim, when it comes to garments, sheriato zehu kibuso. This is the rule. Just soaking it in, Water, there that you you the right. So therefore, let's give you a practical halakha Let's say a person has a stain on his clothes, right? Um, let's say um, we said something like something oily spills. You have something a salad with all the oil on it, and a piece of cucumber flies out, or you know the olives. Yeah, the olives like to jump a lot. You ever try, You ever see that? You know, you try to pick the olive, and it's a whole olive, and they like to fly, and they always like to fly right on your shirt, if, especially for your men, you know what I'm talking about, right? They like to hit the tie or the shirt, just that it gets a rash to test you on Shabbat and so you get angry or not. So in any case, so the olive flies out with all the beautiful, you know, all the delicious, extra virgin, pure olive oil and hits your shirt and now you have a stain on your shirt. Okay? So now, everybody knows, you take any cleaning agent to clean that out on Shabbat, that's a smidureta. Even powder... So it shouldn't stain. If you want to take just powder and just put it on it, not scrub it. That's assumed Everybody agrees on that. Now, you say, no, no, no. I'm just going to take off my shirt and just dip that part into the water. That is also assumed d'orata, like we just saw. It's not only just assumed It's subject also, if it's a certain amount, if a certain size, it's subject to the punishments in the Torah of either Sekilah or Karet. Okay, so again, if a person has a stain on his cloth, he cannot soak even that part of the cloth where the stain is in water. Even if it's a tiny, tiny thing, it's as soon Not only that, you can't even apply water to it. You can take water and put it on your shirt. Even if you're not taking it off, if you're not soaking the whole garment, if you're just taking a little bit, you know, those spray bottles, you just want to spray a little bit of water. That's all you're doing, spraying a little bit of water. Or you're licking your fingers and just putting it on your shirt. Also, assume Torah. And like we said, in order to be subject to the korban, to the obligations of bringing a korban or the punishments are mentioned in the Torah, like karet or sikilah has it has to be a certain size. But even if you do smaller than the size, that means even a smaller, th- it was a small olive. It wasn't the jumbo olive. It was a small olive that touched your shirt. Even to wet that, that's a sur midday It's a biblical isur. Good? That's it. that's step number one. This is known as the rule. This is the reason for this. Why? How come I can't just, I can't just sweat it. What's the problem? And answer, so like we said, from the Gemara and Zebahim, Shariato, Zeu So when it comes to garments, Just soaking it or applying any water on it, that's called, it's considered, you did laundry. Now, are there exceptions to this rule? And the answer is, if you look into the Rishonim, you'll find that different Rishonim brought different exceptions to this rule. Now, we're going to go through exceptions. These three exceptions are a Mahlokit, which means a different opinion set, a different exception. That means I'm going to bring you three right now. Whoever said number one does not agree with number two or number three. Whoever said number three does not agree with number one, number two. And I don't have to give you all the accommodations because I'm going to confuse you and myself, and we're not here to confuse myself. Okay, so now let's come back to uh, over here, the three things that we find the exception for. Okay, number one, there is an opinion that says that this rule of Shariato kibuso, that when you soak a garment, it's considered that you're, laundering and therefore it's forbidden this only applies when there's a stain like the case when i said with the olive oil if there's a stain then it's asur but if there's no stain if you have a completely clean garment and you want to soak it into water the halakha does not forbid you you're not allowed to you're i mean excuse me not asur too it's p- mutar to soak a completely clean garment. Even if it's not completely green, as the Rosh points out, even if it just, you know, sometimes when you wear a shirt, especially men will understand, those guys, uh, you know, like me, who like to wear white shirts. In the, Right there by the neck, you know, how it turns black over there? Or by the uh, by your wrist over there, you look at your white shirts, you see that they turn black. After you wash it, it goes away. So that black spot, it's not called the stain. That just, you know, I don't know how it comes. There's Kabbalistic reasons to it. And uh, the scientific ones is not uh, my department so much. So, but in any case, as long as it's no actual stain and you're not doing it to clean anything, it's a clean garment. So then to soak it is not a problem. So therefore we have the first limitation. We have the first exception. Again, not everybody agrees on this exception. I'm just bringing the opinions right now. I'll tell you the halakha in a second. One opinion says, if the garment is completely clean, you're not doing it to clean because it's clean already. So therefore, the rule of sheriatozikubusod does not apply. That is one opinion. Another opinion says, which is basically in our list, the second exception is that when you wet a garment in a way that is dirtying it more than cleaning it, then the rule of Buso does not apply. That means the whole problem of wetting a garment that the Torah says that the Gemara says it's hayab. Just wetting it even a little bit, this hayab, it's because you're cleaning it. But if my wetting is not actually cleaning it, it's actually dirtying it more, then it's not going to be a problem. For example, if my hands are dirty, okay, if my hands are completely dirty, but they're wet. And now with my wet hands, I dry my hands on a garment, on a towel or on a shirt, is that going to make the towel cleaner or dirtier? It's going to make it cleaner. No way. It's not going to make it cleaner. It's going to make it dirtier. My hands, when they're, you ever see that? You have dirt on your hands and you wash them. It's not 100% clean until you clean it on something. And you look at the towel, it gets dirtier. So for me to dry my hands, it's going to make the towel dirtier. That's called derech If I wet a garment in a way where I am Making the garment more dirty, even though I'm wearing it, even though there is a rule, but that's only if it's actually cleaning, not when it's dirtying it. So, this opinion holds. This is a second opinion. Anytime that I wear a garment in a way that I make it more dirty, then the rule of does not apply. That is opinion number two. Third opinion that we find is a very interesting opinion. I'm going to tell you the name because it's not really brought in Shohan Aruch, this opinion. It's brought in the Beit Yosef. The tour brings it. The Maharam Ruterberg, the rabbi of the Rosh. The Maharam Ruterberg says an interesting thing. He says that the rule of Shriatot Buso, when, when did the, the rabbis say, when did Hazal say that soaking a garment is forbidden in the Torah? That's only on linen garments. But if it's made out of wool or cotton or anything else, that is not a problem to soak it in water. Okay? You can say, what, what, what? Why? Why not? So there's a Tosfot you Yeshanim Masechet Yuma am- Amud Zayin, I mean, Amud Zayin, Dafa'ab Ain Amud Bet on the bottom. And based on that Tosfot, you can explain, he says that since they get cleaned faster, there's certain materials that get cleaned faster when they get wet. So you have to say that's a meaning of the Maharab Murtenberg. Linen gets water. Now, Again, not everybody agrees on this. In fact, a lot of rabbis disagreed on this. A lot. There's a lot of people that disagreed on this thing that it's only applicable by linen, that soaking a linen garment is the only thing that's forbidden. A lot of people disagree on this. But again, we do find such an exception. The question is now, why do we have rabbis trying to limit this isur? The Gemara says, when it comes to garment, soaking it means... You're watching it and it's assuming the writer. Why do we find the rabbis trying to say, no, 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 it doesn't apply here, it doesn't apply there. Why? And the answer is because we find halakhot that seem to contradict this rule. I'll give you two halakhot that brought down the Gemara and it's also brought down in Shuhana Rukh le-ma'ase. Both are found in this mansion, in Aleph. The first one in the beginning of this man, and it says like this. That if a person is going to be mekayem mitzvah, a person's walking or to do a mitzvah. For example, he's visiting his rabbi on Shabbat. Bekabel panira Shabbat. That's a mitzvah. On the way to doing a mitzvah, he comes across a river. The river is not so high that he has to swim in it. The river is basically, it's a big area of water. He can't jump it. He has to walk through it. And he, it's going to probably be up to, let's say, his waist, or maybe up to his chest. Are you allowed to walk into the water? Well, you can tell me what's the problem. The problem is, so you walk into the water, you're wetting your garments right? You're actively wetting your garments. If you wet your garments, so then it's going to be a problem of a However, the halakha says, you're allowed to walk into the water to get to the other side, so this way you could go and fulfill them as well. For example, visiting your rabbi, or whatever it may be, to go to the bit milah. How is that, mutar? You walk into the body of water. What happened to the rule of Sharia to so that when you soak a garment, it's asumid suderaitah? So this is case number one. Case number two, it's a halakha in Shulchan Aruch. It's found at the end of the mansionals in Saif Mimhet. It says over there that a person is allowed to dry himself with a towel. As Mishnah writes, it's not only his hands, it's talking about his entire body. Let's say a person went to the mikveh. Or a person who took a cold shower on Shabbat. For those who are in O-Hig, that like this I Adim, that Mohig, cold, only cold shower, freezing cold shower on Shabbat. Or you went to the mikveh and your whole body is completely soaking wet. Are you allowed to dry yourself on Shabbat? And the answer is yes. You're allowed to dry yourself with a towel. Of course there are. You gotta be careful with certain things. We'll talk about that much later on. But in any case, how could you dry yourself with a towel? The towel is going to become wet from your body. We all know what it is. When we come out of a Mikveh, we come out of the shower and we dry ourselves with the towel, we all see how the towel gets wet. How is a mutar to wet the towel? And you might say, no, nah, maybe it's talking about a little bit of water. No, 10 people could use the same towel. And that's not only 10. It means 100 people could use the same towel if they want to. So then we come back to the question. How are you allowed to dry yourself from the water on your body if there is what? If if you're gonna get the towel dirt, uh, what? So because of these two halakhot, the rishonim had to explain why the rule of Do of uh, shariato zehu Kibuso, does not apply here. And so let's go back to the three answers. So the question is again, if we have a, if the Halachim tell us if the gemara says that when you soak when you wet a garment, it's an isude oraita. Yet, at the same time, they're telling us, I'm allowed to dry myself with a towel. How can we reconcile the two statements? So, let's go to the first answer. The first answer says, well, the rule of soaking a garment or wetting a garment that's a only when it is only when it has a stain. So, the case where the rabbis told you you're allowed to dry yourself with a towel. We're talking about a towel that's clean, that has no stain on it. So, what are you doing? You're not cleaning it. There's no stain on it. You're not cleaning it anymore. According to the second answer, the rule of Sharia Tazil does not apply to the towel. You know why? Because it's done by Derek When you dry yourself coming out of a shower, are you cleaning the towel or are you making it more dirty? Of course, you're making it more dirty, definitely not cleaning it. Right? It's not like somebody needs, you know, oh, you know, the guy's dirty. And he says, uh, his wife says, listen me. I mean, excuse me. The guy comes out of the shower. He says, listen, you know, the laundry, the washing machine is not working. Can you do me a favor? Here's a dirty towel. Clean yourself with it. Besides that, you're not going to do it. But you're not going to clean it. It's not going to become any cleaner that way. It's going to become more dirty. All the water on your body is going to be now wiped through the towel. It's going to make the towel dirtier. And therefore, that's why it's mutar. (coughs) Number three, according to the third opinion, he explains that the case of where the rabbi has permitted you to dry yourself with a towel you know what that case is talking about it's talking about a case where the towel was not made out of linen it was made out of cotton it was made out of uh, something else made out of wool and that's why it's not a problem of the rule of So, because according to the third opinion Stratoicso is only in the case when it is what only a case where it's linen the towels must not be linen now another Explanation on this opinion of the mahram says that also in the case of the towel we're talking about that you're not you're not get, you're not doing uh, there's no there's not a lot of water you're not putting so much water it's only problem when you're putting so much water on the garment that's when we have an issue okay. Why? Because then the hachameen were scared that you might come to squeeze the water out. We'll get to that later on, Bezat Hashem. In any case, with these three exceptions, the question is, who do we hold like? Let me just tell you straight off the bat. We do not go with the third opinion at all. Nobody brings in down. Not the Shohan or the Ramah. Not Maran or the Ramah. So therefore, we cannot say, oh, it's only a suit to soak the water when it comes to linen, but wool and cotton, it's omutar." No, we don't go with that shita. However, we do go with the middle shita, which is called derech lichluch, that is who the Ramah brings it down. He, although the Ramah brings both opinions down, the poskim, the later Achronim seem to all agree, and especially a lot of them explain, a lot of them explain that this is the opinion of the Shohana Ruch himself, based on different simanim, simyutet, and everything, and in a few other places. So therefore, the halakha is as follows: When I am wearing a garment in a way that I'm dirtying it more than I'm cleaning it, which is called vederch it is mutar okay and that's why that's why the halakha is that i am allowed to dry my hands i am allowed to dry my hands on shabbat when they're wet using a towel because when i dry it on, on the towel then it's gonna make it more dirty however if my intention is to really clean a stain of the towel that's asur Remember, the whole hater is because I'm going to dirty the towel more. But let's say I have a towel that has a little stain on it, and now I have a few guests coming over, some very khashba guests, some important guests coming over, and I put the towel out, and it's going to look bad. So now I wash my hands, and I go to that spot in the towel, and I want to really clean it, then that's going to be asur. The hiter is because I'm going to dirty it. But when, I, when my intention is to clean it, uh, everybody's going to agree that's asur. Okay. Now, this heter of using a towel to dry your hands is, again, even when many people are using the same towel, even though the towel will be soaking wet after many people are using it. Let's say, for example, you have uh, a yeshiva lunch or dinner and there's K'naya Nahara, 400 Talmidim. And there's one towel. Well, if you're in yeshiva, you wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, there's one towel, 400 Talmidim, and everybody's going to now come use the same towel. It's not a problem either. It's fine. you are allowed to use the same towel. However, The Shohana Ruch, Manan, does say as good advice to follow because according to the opinion of Maharam, when they permitted the whole thing with the towel, they only permitted it if you have a little bit of water on your hands. That's why the Maharam himself, whenever he would wash his hands, he would first shake the excess of water from his hands and then he would dry the towel. So according to Shohana Ruch, it's good advice. It doesn't obligate you, but it's good advice even for us. When we're washing our hands on Shabbat or whatever we're doing, if we could somehow shake off a little bit of the water before we actually use the regular towel to dry our hands, it is a recommended thing to do. Good? Now, next halakha, let's apply um, the same halakha now to another practical case. You have a spill on your table. A cup of water spilled. Can I take a towel and dry it up? So let's go back again. What do we say? Whenever I'm wetting a garment, if I'm drying, or excuse me, if I'm wetting a garment in a way that it's becoming more dirty than clean, it's mutar. So for me to take a towel and to clean that water, as long as it's not so much water, but it's a, it's a little bit of water, and especially the towel is made to Uh, clean up spills, then it's also going to be mutar. Why? My intention is not to clean the towel. The towel will not become cleaner. In fact, the towel will become dirtier by cleaning the spill. Therefore, it is permitted for when there's a spill of water to take a towel and to clean it, especially if it's on the floor and the floor is dirty. So now the water that's on the floor is dirty. And when I put the towel on it, it's going to make it dirtier. For sure, it's mutar. There is another issue when drying spills with a towel, and the issue could be sahita. I don't want to confuse everybody, I just want to point it out that we'll get to it later on. We will talk about sahita and squeezing out liquids from garments. But in general, if it's not such a major spill, I would say like a seven ounce cup and you have a nice hen towel. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how they define it, you know, they're not one that if you, it's about maybe two, three feet uh, big, right? Those small little towels that they use for intlatadaim. If you, have a spill of water, you're allowed to use it and dry the water because you're making the towel dirtier, you're not making it cleaner. So that is the deen with Shriyat That to soak a garment is asur, even a little bit of the garment is forbidden. But if it's done in a way that you're dirtying the garment, it's mutar. Let's move on now to another exception we find of the rule of Shriyat Kibuso. This exception, everybody agrees on. You know why everybody agrees on this exception? Because it's a Mishnah Mefureshit. It's a straight out Mishnah. And that is, the exception is leather. When it comes to leather, anything that's made out of leather, the Gemara, we're talking about soft leather, not talking about hard leather, you know, the ones like you have on like some hard chairs. We're talking about soft leather that can be bendable. So when it comes to leather, the Gemara says that there's no issue of soaking leather in water. Which means there's also no issue of wetting leather. Mishnah says like this, if a person has a pillow that's made out of cloth and there's some sort of spit up on it, the kid spit up on it, you're not allowed to, clearly you're not allowed to wipe, you know, scrub it. That's cleaning it. You're not allowed to, uh, what's called, wet it either. You can't put water on it either. Why? Because it's also going to clean it. And, and, and the rule is, Sharia However, if the pillow is made out of leather, then the Gemara says what you could do is you could pour water on it until the whole spit up is cleaned up. You could put as much water as you like. You could even soak it in water to get rid of the spit up. Why? The rule of Shariah Torah does not apply to leather. In fact, Shohan Aruch brings this as a not the case of the pillow, he brings it when he talks about leather shoes. He says, if a person has dirt on his shoe, he's allowed to rinse his shoe, he's allowed to soak his shoe in water in order to clean it. Now, what's the difference? What's the difference? Why by leather do I say that you allowed to soak in water, you allowed to apply water on leather? But when it comes to Garments, no, we, uh, we don't tell you, it's, we tell you not only that, we go to the other extreme, it's Asur, and it's Asur mid-oraita, it's hayab a korban. What's the difference between leather and material? You can already pretty much figure it out, and that's what the Ahronim pretty much bring down, is that when you, you see the differences like this, when you look, take a regular garment, let's say out of cotton, wool, or linen, what happens is when there's a stain on it, you notice that the stain gets absorbed by the fibers it sinks in. So therefore, when I put water on it, when I apply water on it, or I rinse it in water, or I soak it into water, you know what's going to happen? The water also gets absorbed in the fibers and starts to loosen the stain. Although the stain may not come out necessarily, but it starts to loosen it that it shouldn't take hold. So guess what? When I soak a garment, it's actually cleaning it. Not so by leather. A stain on a leather jacket, let's say, or stain on leather shoes, on a leather couch. All these cases, the stain does not get absorbed by the, there's no fibers. It's one piece of leather. Stain is more external. You're right, it could get stuck to it, but it's not gonna be absorbed inside the leather. And even though if something sits in the rain for a long time, you'll see that the leather does absorb a little bit. But in generally speaking, the water that's thrown on top of leather is not really absorbed. So therefore, the cleaning is not a real cleaning. It's just more like brushing off the stain that's on top of it. And that's the difference between leather and regular material. Regular material is forbidden in the Torah. Just soaking it alone without doing anything else is considered laundering it because the water gets absorbed by the fibers and it goes deep in and removes the stain. Just like the stain also goes deep in. However, when it comes to leather material, leather, the stain doesn't go deep and neither does the water go deep and therefore, it's mutar to soak leather in water. Not only is mutar to soak leather in water, it's mutar also to spray water on leather. Before we get to some practical halachot, we want to tell you that this heter is also... You have to be careful with this hetir. We mentioned before that there's three ways a person can do laundry, three different ways. You don't have to necessarily do all three steps. The three different ways a person can do laundry, we said, is either by soaking a garment in water. Number two is when the garment is wet, squeezing out the water from it. Number three is scrubbing, which is called shifshuf. And even though the Gemara says, it's the same letters, and a lot of times we do see them interchangeable. Anyway, shifshuf, scrubbing is a way that we clean material. The washing machine usually scrubs by turning in the cycle around and around and around, turning the whole laundry back and forth. We, in the olden days, how would we do it? We'd soak something in garment and then we'd rub it against it. That's scrubbing. Now, when it, comes to leather, sorry, when it comes to leather, although squeezing is, we're going to talk about squeezing leather later on. Because the Rambam seems to write that you're not, that's not a problem to squeeze leather. We'll talk about it later on. Although soaking does not apply to leather, like we just said. You're allowed to soak leather in water. You're allowed to apply water on leather. Scrubbing does apply to leather. Because when you scrub leather, well, that's what you're going to clean it. Okay, and therefore, if a person has some sort of dirt on his uh, leather shoe, he may not scrub the dirt off when it's wet because it is gonna clean it. We're talking about, of course, soft leather like the ones I found on the shoe or in the jacket. And if one does scrub the leather, it is asur mid de oraita. What do I mean when I say scrubbing? Now, what I scrubbing means. Any of the following four things scrubbing shifshuf that's forbidden on leather or on any garment, which is considered melaben mid de which is considered that you're doing in Isud de orahita. When you scrub it, it's good to know. Remember those four things. It could either be rubbing two parts of the fabric against each other. For example, when my shoes are wet, I take my one shoe and I rub it against the other shoe. Or on my leather jacket or even a regular garment, if I take one part of the fabric or one part of the garment and I rub it against the other one, you know, when it makes that scratching noise, I put it close to the mic, you can hear? Like that. Yeah. Okay. Number two, that shifshuf is also a sewer, or a person could be, which cases of scrubbing is forbidden, is when a person scrubs the wet fabric with his hand. So let's go back to the case of leather. If a person has leather shoes and he wet them, just to take your hand even and rub it against where the stain is or where the dirt is, that's also considered shifshuv, which is asumna torah. Number three, shifshuv is also forbidden, scrubbing is also forbidden when I use a brush, any sort of brush. If I use a brush on a wet garment, it's also considered shifshuv. That's scrubbing, that's asur. And finally, if I have something that's soaking in water, let's say leather, which I'm allowed to keep it soaking in water, if I swish it inside of the water, you know, like the way the washing machine does, if I just swish it back and forth, you know, I'm moving it back and forth, that's also called shifshuf. That's called scrubbing, that's asur minatora. So we have to be careful about that. We have to be careful. When we gave you the ter of wetting leather, You have your belt, it gets dirty, your leather belt. And you want to wet it. You want to put it under a strong stream of water. Mutar. No problem. But if you want to rub your hand against a stain to clean it, Asur. You have a leather jacket. You want it to be clean. So it has a little dirt on it. You want to put water. You want to spray it with water. It's fine. But to rub against it, Asur. Okay? It's very important. Now, rub means vigorously. But lightly... If I want to take a towel and lightly remove the dirt on the surface, that's fine. I'm not rubbing, I'm just removing. You got to be careful though, when you do such an act, be careful of the sort of squeezing, which we'll talk about also later on. Okay, so let's give you a few practical halakhot. I'm going to use a leather belt, but this applies to anything that's leather. It could be your sofa, it could be your shoes, it could be your kippah. Like you wear a leather keeper. It could be, I don't know, I'm not gonna say leather wig, but you know, whatever it is, anything that's leather. This all applies to any leather material. Okay. If a person's belt is dirty, you could pour water on it to clean it. Another halakha. It's even allowed, you're even allowed to take your leather belt and put it under a strong stream of water. Mutar. But and this is what we have to be very, very careful on. You need a few conditions. Number one is that you have, whenever you're wearing a leather item, you have to make sure that you're planning to wear it on Shabbat. That Shabbat. Not next Shabbat. Not tomorrow. Not tonight. It has to be on... You're planning to wear it on Shabbat. Otherwise, you have a problem with hachana. Meaning to say, let's say I get my belt dirty. So now I want to wash it. But if I wash it, it's going to be wet. It might not dry when I go to shul. So then I said, okay, at least I'll have it for next Shabbat. That's asur. Why? Because... It's hakana. I'm preparing it for next Shabbat. It's only permitted when I'm using it for that day. It's kind of like washing the dishes. When we allow you to wash the dishes, no sur of laundry, but if you're washing the dishes at after a time when you're not going to use the dishes, after al shalishit, that's asur. You know, you're not going to use it again. Only if you're planning to use whatever you're washing on Shabbat, then are you permitted to wash it. That's a very important condition to keep in mind. Next, another thing also, whenever we permitted washing or putting leather items under a stream of water, you have to know what about that, you have to be careful, is that, of course, don't scrub. Besides that, you have to be careful that there's no other fibers that are mixed in there that could be a problem. For example, by a leather belt, right? I mean, excuse me, by a leather jacket, it's, if you have cotton strings that are holding the different parts of the jacket together, you have to be careful that those cotton strings don't get wet. It doesn't, you know, you could wet the rest of the item, just make sure whatever is cotton, whatever is wool, should not get wet. You're only allowed to wet leather, 100% leather, but not the other material that's connected with your fabric. The reason is, as we learned, that there's an isur de oraita to Remove, uh, excuse me, there's a surah to wash even the smallest fabric. Even the smallest, is a surah. If it's a little bit bigger, if it's around 40 fahim then it's going to be an isur, um, what's it called? Then it's going to be an isur the orita with the korban. But less than that, it's still an isur de rita. And yes, we're getting one of the questions on the text. By the way, if everyone wants a text, you can always text in at 347-927-8398. I have the screen in front of me. We can answer you along the way. So you're, if you have a leather tablecloth, it's the same thing. applies that same halakha. If, it's get, if it gets dirty, or if you want to wash it under a stream of water, as long as you are planning to use it for Shabbat, which means you're keeping it on the table, or if you're, you're going to take it out for another meal on that same Shabbat. And also, there is no... Other strings. There's no natural strings on the tablecloth. For example, there's no cotton strings. There's no wool strings on the tablecloth. It is mutar. In a case where you're not sure, it has strings, but you're not sure. You haven't verified yet. You haven't taken to your shatnez lab to figure out what those strings are, if they're really, you know, strings like that are made out of cotton or wool, and you're not sure on shabbat. I would tell you, safek Be careful. Don't get that part wet. You want to wet the other part, which is 100% leather? Fine, but don't get that part wet. I see a few people calling. I apologize. I cannot take any phone calls. I have a lot more stuff to say, and we want to finish it before today's class. I don't want to cut off in the middle of the subject. Once we spoke about leather, we're going to go on now to something that's, I believe, it's more practical, and that is synthetic materials. We mentioned that anything that's any fabric that's absorbent is subject to the Isur of laundry. Anything that's absorbent, subject to the sort of laundry. For example, we said wool, cotton, linen, and even leather. Leather is considered uh, uh, it's considered a problem. When leather, no. no, no, it's going be on the air? No no, 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 okay. And even leather, we said. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. Even leather we said is subject to the sort of laundry when it's being scrubbed. Now we want to know what about what about other things? For example, what about synthetic material that they never had in the times of the Gemara, and not even the times of has never spoke about polyester. Maran never spoke about nylon. What do we do in such cases? What? How do we treat? Nylon and polyester, acrylic. How, what's the halakha like with these things? Usually these things are made out of petroleum that's turned into, you know, it looks like f- we think plastic, we think something hard. But it's really, that's what plastic is made out of. And then they convert into these strings. It's a chokhmah. I can't describe, not because I don't want to take up your time. I just don't know. But it's a chukma. It's they do, it, they, they do a good job. In any case, what's a deen with synthetic materials? Do we treat them like fabric because they are soft? Or do we say no, they can say like leather because unlike fabric, fabric absorbs. If you look at each string, each part of the fabric, it really absorbs. It uh, it, it gets expanded in volume. As opposed to these things, they don't really absorb. The water may be stuck between them. So to answer this, we just want to tell you that we find that these kind of synthetic materials are broken up into three different categories three different types and we're going to discuss them based on these three different types number one is we find that these synth- you can make out of synthetic material um, clothing which means that you take this f- synthetic material and turn it into fibers and from the fibers you make a shirt right you look at this shirt let's say 100% polyester you can make suits you can make skirts you can make shirts you can make everything out of it socks whatever you like So that's one category where basically the synthetic material has been turned into fibers, which made a shirt. Another thing is where we have, it's one sheet. It's one unit. For example, like tablecloth or let's say swimsuits or raincoats, right? That are made out of nylon. It's one big piece. And finally, the third category is hard plastics. These are also made out of something synthetic, right? Um, Yeah, these are made out of synthetic and just hard. So let's go with the easiest one first. I'm going to jump to the last case. Even though it's the third one, we don't like to talk out of order, but let's just get it out of the way. Hard plastics, like plastic cups, plastic plates, plastic silverware, are not subject to the isur of libun or kebisa or laundry. You're allowed to wash your plastic cups, your plastic plates, all that is mutar. Not a problem at all. Okay, that's out of the way. Let's talk about the other two, which are much more practical. What do we, How do we treat, let's say, polyester shirts? right? Synthetic material where we made shirts or clothing out of synthetic material. Guess what? The answer is a mahlokit. That's correct. We have a mahlukit in the Ahronim. Some poskim hold that this is exactly like wool or cotton. So far, that the old Tzion Acham Abba Shaul says, it's if a person just rinses it, it's Hayab Mishum Libun. It's a suro. It's considered Melaben. It's considered like he's doing the suro Raita. Who are some of those poskim that are mahmir on even wedding synthetic shirts? Shebet Alevi, which is Rab Shmuel Vazna, Zatzal and Hut Shani Ybadeh Lahim Tobir Rab Nisim Karelitz, and like we mentioned also. All of them hold, all these post hold that polyester shirts are like wool shirts. Since we see that it could get washed, it's soft, it's bendable. You know, you put it in a washing machine, it could get cleaned. They have the same thing as wool. However, not everybody agrees on this. A lot of other Ahronim disagree and they hold that synthetic shirts, polyester shirts, polyester socks have the same status in halakha as leather which means you're allowed to soak them in water, but you're not allowed to scrub them. Because just like leather, although it doesn't absorb either, but leather, you cannot scrub it if you scrub it. It's the so the same thing over here. These synthetic materials, you're allowed to soak them in water according to this other post scheme. Who are these other post schemes? Give you a little bit of a list. The Tzitz Eliezer, the Shemina Shabbat Kilchata, in the name of Shlomo Amon Orbach, Az Nidberu, Rabbanyan Zilber, and finally Rabb Moshe Minhat Ahaba. So there's others. This is what I found. This is what I looked at, at least. Okay, so again, there's at how to treat synthetic shirts. Some say it's like wool and linen, and it's Asur to rinse them. Even rinse them. Even to apply a little bit of water, to spray water on them, it's Asur. Others say, no, it's Mutat to rinse them, but everybody agrees you're not allowed to scrub them. So according to the matirim, it comes out. According to the second list of post that we brought, it comes out that if a person has synthetic socks, polyester, 100% uh, uh, polyester socks. And keep in mind, there's no cotton strings over there. It's, the strings are also polyester. You know, that means no sewings, no, nothing is there. It's 100% from the top to the bottom. They hold that if you have a dirty sock or a smelly sock, or if you have an apron that's made also out of polyester, you could soak it in water, but again, we're emphasizing it must be one hundred percent polyester. That includes shirts, that includes anything. You could soak them into in water, but you cannot scrub them. So if it gets dirty, a lot of soak them according to these materials. According to the other scheme, it's asur. As some pesachu vot he has very good advice, and it makes a lot of sense. He says that's preferable to be mahmir, even though you're over here. I mean. It's a mahlokit, what do you hold? Some hold it's a banana, some hold it's not even a banana. So what's the case over here? What are you how are you gonna treat it? In any case, he holds that's even according to the Matidim, one should be careful over here. You know why? Because first of all, you never know what kind of fibers they stick in. A lot of people don't even know what they're wearing. They say, Oh, it's for sure polyester, but sometimes it could be 80% polyester and 20% cotton. Why are they stick in cotton? I any mean, lawyer, maybe had extra, I don't know. Or sometimes this little strings in between can be cotton. So therefore one should be careful with this, especially, especially that even if it's 100% polyester, sometimes people don't understand. If they see you soaking your socks, they'll think that so- soaking garments is mutar and they might come to actually soak things that are made out of cotton or at least have cotton in there and they will do an isudoraita. So it's preferable to be mahmir here. I'll give you a point of awareness that people don't realize this. You know what you're doing in a talking to the men or the ladies that are wearing either cotton shirts or whatever, any kind of shirts. You, you got to be careful before you wash your hands for netilat edayim to pull up your sleeves a little bit. If you're a lady, be careful, not so much, okay? But for the men, pull up your sleeves a little bit. Also men, gotta be got to be sanwa. In any case, pull up your sleeves a little bit that when you're doing netilat it should come on your shirt. Why? Shariyatoz kibuso. And according to Maran, even if your shirt is 100% clean, it's possible. Not excuse me. This rule applies even when your shirt is 100 clean. So therefore, make sure you pull up your sleeves when you're doing dime. Even if you're wearing 100 percent polyester shirt, you're right. There are those on Matilim. It's a good idea to pull up your shirts anytime on Shabbat that you're doing dime, Not to soak it. Besides that, it's a good idea. You don't want your shirt to be wet. It's very very annoying. Anyway, that is second category. That is synthetic fibers that make up shirts and whatever. Next, we have synthetic materials and where there, there's no fibers over here. It's one piece, one sheet. For example, nylon tablecloth or let's say a swimsuit or raincoat. What's a deen over here? Here everybody agrees. All the harunim agree, agree that it has a deen of leather, at least, which means you're allowed to soak it in water like leather. When it comes to scrubbing it, we find a Mahalokit. I saw a lot of the Ashkenazi Aharonim. I don't want to say Ashkenazi, a lot of the ahronim really, that hold that you can soak it, but you cannot scrub it some are Shemrash Abad Kilchata and the other is I saw in an English book, the Shabbos Home Rabbi Simcha Khabunim Cohen and I think also Rabbi Rubiyat also I don't remember, but anyway, they bring down that although you're allowed to soak nylon tablecloth, you're allowed to rinse table, nylon tablecloth, you're allowed to pour water on nylon tablecloth, you should not scrub it, however the Oletzion permits it Hametz says, no, you could scrub it. It's not a problem. It's not like leather. It's even more lenient than leather. It's good to be a little bit lenient, even though over here it's a, again I don't I don't consider this as mahlokit, it's a in Ahronim. It's good for a person to be mahmir, a lot of poskim were mahmir that you shouldn't scrub it vigorously, you shouldn't scrub it so hard. If you need to clean something on uh, nylon tablecloth, or let's say your you know those shana coats that are made out of one material over there, you could soak in water, just be careful not to scrub it. Okay, I think with that. We've come to the end of the show. We have a few minutes. If you have any questions, please call us right now. The number is uh, 718-65858. You can text also 347-927-8398. If you want to email us, you can email us at hour at gmail.com. We appreciate feedback. Any feedback, even if it's critical, if you want to uh, criticizing, I don't care. It's fine. We appreciate also questions and clarification. Please, you call us, uh, text us, or email us. Meanwhile, we want to thank you for listening. We have time actually to say the full thank yous. This class will be aired on again tonight on JRootRadio.com at ten o'clock, ten p.m. And Next week we'll continue in the halachot of laundry and uh, the different forms of laundry and libun. It's going to be next week, on Wednesday afternoon. We want to thank you for listening. We want to thank Rav Nisim and Iran and J-Radio for hosting us. And until then, have a wonderful week. A Chodesh Tov Umborach and a Shabbat Shalom.